Sten Morgan here. I hope you're doing well. I want to announce that we are launching the How to Be an Elite Advisor course. We are combining all of our best teachings and ideas into a course that you can complete in less than a week. I want to share with you the best ideas that I implement within my practice that have helped me achieve more than I ever thought possible. I want to share how I have unique meetings with clients. What's the mindset of an elite advisor? How do you prospect in a way that'll separate you from other advisors? At the Elite Advisor Network, we reject average. I want to help you see what your full potential is and reach it faster. Set time aside this week to take the course. Click on the link or go visit gobeelite.com. I'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Sten Morgan here uh, with a guest appearance, a uh, longtime Hi. podcast guest, Andy Traub. Hey, <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> Sten's been holding on the fort. We've had some good advisor story episodes, and uh, I'm just super excited about the, the, the tweak to just adding different um, guests and I had a conversation with April today about some other mm-hmm. uh, leaders we're going to be inviting on the show. So super exciting stuff. Excited to have more advisors on the show and also you interview some more industry leaders. And so I'm excited. But today we're going to hang out together and we're going to talk about something that is very near and dear to our hearts and really the core of the message that we teach here at Lead Advisor Network. Yeah, I think the the reason we do what we do, we started this a few years ago, um, mainly born out of my frustration for my own story, uh, my lack of willingness to grow from others, and that it took a lot of hard lessons and bouncing around for me to kind of recognize my potential and start pursuing it more intentionally. And a lot of people tell me, hey, Sten, you did things quickly. Well, that's because I was just as intentional, you know, as I wanted to be, but I was just going in the wrong direction. Mm. And so a lot of bruises, um, a lot of, I frustrated a lot of people along the way. And so I look back and a lot of frustration I have for myself is I just wish I was open to outside input faster. Yeah. I wish I would have invested in myself more heavily. Mm. And now that we've gone through that journey and we get to do our live events, our podcast, our, our on-site events for companies, we are faced routinely now with advisors that I just see my younger self in. And I get so excited when we meet a curious advisor, yeah, somebody that is so hungry to learn that they fully understand that the quicker I figure things out, the faster I will get to where I want to go. Yeah, And they see that as an investment, not a cost. Mm-hmm. And the most elite advisors we've met invest so aggressively in themselves. They, they, at some point, they figured out from you know just trying it and seeing the results that that is the best investment they can make. But today, I want to start unpacking, like, why do a lot of advisors not invest in themselves? Yeah. And how can we unpack what are those obstacles? So as you listen to this episode, try to be as self-aware as possible. I was on a call with an advisor recently talking to them that in their world, they had felt like they had arrived. And what they don't know is that outside of their world, They were probably in the bottom 40% of advisors. Their energy was such that I believe they want to do better. They're just kind of stuck in this this bubble that they think they don't have much more to learn. And and I think the encouraging thing to that that individual advisor that I'm thinking of is they have done well. They have improved. Mm -hmm. But when you are in a certain group of people and you reach the the peak of that group, it doesn't mean that, that you've reached your potential. That's right. It just means that you've reached the peak of the people in that room. Like I was watching the Wonka movie with my daughter's softball team. Practice got rained out. So I was like, hey, team movie, went to the Wonka movie. And Hugh Grant is in that movie and he's the, he's an Oompa Loompa. Really? And he says, he says, I'm actually quite tall for an Oompa Loompa. And it's like, okay, but that's for Oompa Loompas. <laughs> you know, right. so if he's two foot, later on in the movie he goes, actually, I'm quite short. They call me shrimpy or whatever, you know. 
But the point is, like, yeah, if you can be tall for an Oompa Loompa, like, this guy feels like he's doing great. And I'm like, yeah, because mm. of your surroundings. That's why you think you're doing really, really well. Yeah. And again, we wish the best for all the advisors we work with. But it, there are also levels of, if you're listening to this, you're the kind of advisor that is on a self-improvement path. Otherwise, you would not be listening to this. You are open to learning. But there's just different layers of that to be unlocked. I agree. And I think there's people that we get to interact with in some degree. Like when it comes to the podcast, like if you're listening to this, you are open to improvement to some degree. Mm -hmm. But where I get frustrated at times, and this is the way I was, so I feel it and I can relate to it, is that listening to a podcast isn't enough. No. If you are not taking meaningful action... That's not check a box action. I'm going to change what I'm doing just for a little bit, but go back to what I was doing before. I think sometimes the most dangerous advisor among us, which is who I was, was not somebody that's like, I'm totally checked out. Leave me alone. I don't care. Right. A lot of us entrepreneurs were not in there. It's not the advisors that are, I, I understand I don't know anything. And the quicker I figure stuff out, the more successful I'll be, the most curious of us. I think the biggest percentage is the middle to where we feel like we're trying hard. Yeah. We feel like we're working hard and we get a couple wins here and there and we go to a conference here and there, but yet we're still living in this average world, but in denial of it. And, and I'm curious, and I want to unpack today that I would argue, and this is maybe controversial, is that most people listening are in that category today. Maybe you're not, but I want to just be open to the fact that maybe you are and you just don't know it to where by the end of this episode, can you figure out like, okay, I'm, I, I am trying. I care about my clients and I work hard. But what Sten and Andy are talking about is a whole different level of curiosity and intention mm -hmm. that I want to unlock. Because even what they're saying, I think I'm doing it, but what they're telling me is that I'm not. What does it mean to go to the next level? Yeah. So I think the first the first area of self-awareness, and again, this is for people who aren't taking action. And I would say, again, you can you can sort of say my eyes are open, but then your eyes are open, but you're only looking straight ahead. You're not looking fully around. Or I would say that this first level is that the people have a lack of awareness. They, mm -hmm. There's a level of ignorance to they don't know what they don't know. Like, yeah. I don't think it's a it's probably not a willingful ignorance as in I don't want to learn things. But mm -hmm. there is just you you have not heard these things or the minute you heard them, you thought that's an impossibility. And so it's a, it, there is a degree sometimes of willingful ignorance. Like, I can't do that. I had an advisor mm -hmm. message me this last week and said, my company does not let me turn on any features on electronic meeting to where I can draw something. So how am I supposed to communicate things to people? And I was like, point your camera at a whiteboard. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was my solution. Yeah. And like, let me check with compliance. And my answer, my head was like, really? Yeah. Like, like that's, it's, it's like, I just told you the answer. And you're like, but let me go check with. Mm -hmm. So where do you, where, how can we help people get out of this? willingful ignorance of just not knowing. I'm trying to go back in time to, you know, younger advisor Sten to where people were telling me stuff, but it just wasn't landing. Yeah. Um, and I think really practically what we get to experience a lot is when advisors don't charge for their time and ideas, they're not doing planning, they're managing assets or just insurance, both or one or the other, uh, or even the advisors. And I've talked to a few of these in the last few weeks that are charging. And in, to them, they're like, I'm doing it. I'm right. good. Right. What they don't understand is there's a much better way to do it than you kind of doing it on the side as you go. And so for advisors that come that are like, I, I'm aware that you can charge for advice, like that's not enough awareness. Like I would still say you're ignorant to the the full extent of what it looks like to run a healthy business around it. Yeah. And then they come and they meet advisors making, you know, 
high six figures doing this thing and doing the other things better. And I think as I look back, the biggest thing in, in me was the identity side of it, that there was a big part of me that if somebody challenged the way I was doing something, what they were doing was challenging me. Yeah. And and so I think that is happening to all of us, whether we know it or not. If somebody comes in and challenges your business model, well, you just don't understand. Uh, hey, you can do it better. Well, I tried that, but this is working. Like our instinct is to kind of push back mm-hmm. on it that – I would argue very few people are like adamantly ignorant. Like they are putting energy behind not being aware. I think it is, it's something inside of all of us that fights new information because yeah. it questions who we are. That's, that's what it was for me at least. I will say that you can retrain yourself so that new ideas, you can default to saying, instead of defending, I do believe that you can overcome that and say, I might be wrong. Like, if your default is, I could be wrong, that's a really healthy mm. thing. Yeah. And it's funny because what happens is, and this is in all areas of life for me now, is when I get new information, a different perspective, whether it's from my wife, my kids, mm-hmm. whatever, anyone, I, my very first human reaction is, I don't like that. Yep. But then I go, Andy, why don't you like that? Is it because it could be true? Yeah. Right? And that's not who you are. So I do think that you have to have people in your life who tell you what you need and you yeah. have to have new perspectives. And I would say that one of the biggest areas or reasons that people have ignorance is because they're not surrounding themselves with enough people who have the guts, the courage, or the experience, frankly, to just tell them there is a different way. We, yeah. they're, they're insulated, maybe not even intentionally, it just sort of happens over time. Yep. But we like to spend time with people who agree with us mm. and don't really challenge us that much, most people. And I think that, you know, whether it's our friendship or just the way that we coach people is, we want to be around people who, at any given moment, you could have that, oh, crap, they're going to call me out. Yeah. And that that's really your best friends who tell you the most truth mm-hmm. and your best coaches tell you the most truth. And that's how you can get out of ignorance. Yeah, I think part of that is the the more you're in business and really just live life, you should be accumulating stories that prove this. I thought this once. Now I think this, and yeah. I'm much better off for it. I don't know if that we all naturally don't give enough weight to those things to where it becomes easier in time. Uh, I had to just do a lot of like personal work in order to open this up because I was defensive in every part of my life. Um, one, I didn't trust the people pushing on my business because they didn't have the business I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's should you take advice from somebody that hasn't accomplished what you want to accomplish? I mean, yeah, there's there's probably personal trainers that aren't you know, the CrossFit Games champions, but they can still help you with your fitness. Uh, Or if somebody has accomplished more than you have, should you by default be open to everything they have to say? That's a great, I'm just writing this down. That's another episode. (laughs) Right, part of that is, is it it income? Is it the, the structure of their team? But what if an advisor who made more money than you, had more free time than you, and had a healthier team than you, tells you something, should you immediately, like, how much rapport should they have by default on that? And and what do you need for them to prove to you they have the qualifications? I have been on four or five calls in the last two months with advisors that have a business the fraction of the size of mine. They're, they've been coasting, doing the same thing for 10 years, and their posture on the call is like that they're good. Yeah. That, that somehow they have arrived to some degree. And I'm sitting there, I'm just like, by what measure? Right. Except your own comfort. Yeah, but there's some, and there is something, and I think this is what's interesting is when you really try, and you have to get out of your rhythms in order to do this, mm-hmm. but to step back and recognize that 
um, I am I measure myself based upon the expectations from when I was thirteen or eight or eighteen or twenty two like that that there there is a world where you are there, there's just different measurements out there, and what we usually find is how can we run to comfort and stay there yeah. and I think the people that we find that are really Becoming the best version of themselves are the ones who are willing to submit and say, I am ignorant, either, either willingly or unwillingly. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're willing to hear the hard truth. Yeah, and I think awareness, and we'll kind of move on to the next one, is, is more of like an acceptance of curiosity um, yeah. and some humility. It doesn't mean like if someone gives you an idea, you disrupt your business overnight <laughs> to, to implement it. It just means, yeah. okay, you have my attention, tell me more. Um, and be intentional as a business owner, which we all are, of saying if there's a better way. If someone is telling me there's a way where I can make more money, work more efficiently or less time and help more people, shouldn't we be open to every single thing that helps us do that? As a business owner, you then discern which which thing should I implement. Right. Am I fully ready to overhaul my whole business? We have advisors that are like, yeah, game on. I want to be that type of advisor. I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off and just become that advisor overnight. And we have others that say, hey, that's great, but I need a more intentional plan over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so awareness has to be key. And for the advisors that are almost happily ignorant, and I, and I find advisors there when they're like, they're making just enough income, what they've been doing is kind of working. You know, our coaching community, our live events are not for that advisor. But for the advisor that's like, I'm, I, I'm stuck. I know I'm capable of more. I don't want to work this way for the rest of my life. Like, we need a little bit of curiosity yeah. for, you know, growth to take hold. I want you to move on to the next one about the fear of change. But I want to do, I do want to share this one. I can only remember one person that's ever come to our events, and I guarantee you he's not listening right now, so I'm not worried about him <laughs> identifying who he is. I can only think of one person who came and with a completely unteachable spirit, mm. and he thought, I am just good. Like A to Z, there's nothing mm. for me to learn here. And what was interesting is how miserable. He still asked a few questions, but like he just was unhappy because mm. he's just like, because he spent the whole time resisting yeah. new ideas. And that gets really tiring of yeah. defending your... Right. Yeah. And so I, I think that he falls in that second category, which you talk about is one of the other reasons that people don't change is they just fear change. They're just, yeah. they're afraid of change and they, they assume failure if you do change. And, and I, mm-hmm. I think that fear is experiencing failure emotionally before it actually happens. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you would try it. Right. Like, why are you afraid of that? Because yeah. it's not going to work. How do you know? And you, so you've already experienced failure without actually the experience. And that's yeah. what that's what that's why fear holds us back. And I understand to some degree, but this is another reason is we just we have programmed ourselves to only do what we know. Yeah. I think what when I when you were talking, what comes to my mind is but what if it works? Yeah. If it doesn't, just keep doing what you're doing. Like the the, the fallback can be keep doing what you're doing. But what we all know is that if you keep doing what you're doing, there's a high probability you're going to say, well, I wish I would have done that differently. Yeah. I wish I would have been more open. Um, and if if you want to put all your energy into pushing away perspective and new ideas, like you can accomplish it, but it is more draining than sitting in the curiosity and vetting ideas. Because what we know about every practice, every advisor, where they existed in the first two years of their business yeah. is dramatically different than when they're 20 years in. Yeah. That like change and growth has yeah, to happen. something happened, right? Something changed. If all you're doing in your practice, and I think we've maybe earned the ability to somewhat lean in with advisors as we've experienced so many of them. Sure. Is I would say if, if your practice looks structurally the same as it did five years ago, 10 years ago, all you do is just have more clients. 
that's a problem. Like you're not running a healthy business. If you're doing most of the same stuff and maybe you added one higher just because it got too painful, like you were you were riding the average path with a smile on your face, mm-hmm. that's a problem. We don't exist to get in arguments with people. Yeah, I'll, I'll lean in with advisors to an extent. Uh, but when we have a line of 10 advisors that are like, hey, what do you guys got? We want to be better. We want to become elite. Eventually, enough resistance, a lot of people are just going to pull away from you. Sure. And, and you can kind of live on that island alone. But the, but the fear of it is, I think, is the fear of it that it doesn't work, is the fear that I'm going to be exposed to some degree, embarrassed. When, when I look back at my story, the fear was if I accepted that something was better, I was agreeing that what I've been doing was not the right thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and part of younger Sten was like, I need, to, I need to show up as if I have it all figured out and saying, hey, that's a great idea in my mind was saying they figured you out. Yeah. And so on, on, on the degree, it's like, that's, that's, a, that's a very unhealthy mindset I had to overcome. But now when I'm around other advisors and we're teaching, I'm like, I'm one good idea. I'm one book away from making my life so much easier and saving myself a bunch of headache that that, that, that deep curiosity should be like, bring it on. I may not implement every idea right away, mm-hmm. but as you listen, how do you get yourself in the posture? Because it's not natural. Like they said, there has to be some routine in our day that gets us into a posture of curiosity and openness. And that really comes back to the reason we're talking about this episode is like, why do most advisors not invest in themselves? Yeah. Whether that's time, whether it's taking a retreat and journaling, like that you are your greatest asset and your greatest investment. Why are we not prioritizing that more? It's a, it's a great lead into the third point, which is one of the reasons that people don't change is they don't simply just make the time physically on their calendar yeah. that, that you are so caught up I have a little note on my whiteboard. I have several in my office, but the one directly to my left, it's, you know, it's a foot away. And I have four boxes and it's email because I'm training myself to only check my email four times a day. Mm-hmm. And that has made me a lot more productive. And it's, I make, I'm prioritizing the tasks in front of me instead of running to the distraction, which is email, nice. right? Which is someone else's to-do list that yeah. they sent me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. And so I wonder why I don't get my stuff done, right? Because I'm getting their stuff done. I think you taught me that. Yep. And so we, you know, we people will tell themselves, "I don't have the time to grow." And the bottom line is, they're not prioritizing growth in the schedule. Mm. And so, yeah, if you don't get off the tracks, you're going to just stay on the tracks, go in the same direction you are. It makes sense. And yeah, so and the, the scary po- thing about that is that average activity done over time will see some type of growth. Yeah. And so if the, if the growth that satisfies you is organic, incremental we reject that because that that is a disguise for regret um because we talk to advisors that have been in business a long time talk to advisors that took over practices from their family members and a lot of times they're like they just didn't do anything else like it wasn't an inspiring business they made enough money but what if you could put out the same or less effort and have a much better outcome are you open to that so what about the other obstacle that people struggle with which is they tell themselves that they don't have the money to invest in their personal development. That, hey, I'm, I'm just making it, guys, or mm-hmm. I've made it to this point and I, I'm good. Uh, I, I don't want to take this chunk. Um, what do you do when people tell themselves the story, I can't afford, mm-hmm. um, I can't afford this? Part of me goes to, we need to be discerning at that stage. I was there once where I was like, hey, you know, I got mortgage payment, kids like it didn't feel like there was this like overflowing cup of resources to just throw at things yeah 
Um, so there, I think it just means you need to be really discerning about what you spend your money on because you're spending it on something. Or as a business owner, do you look at something and say, hey, if I go and take this training or do this thing, it's going to help me make more money? Yes. Do I go borrow money to invest in my business? Which for most businesses is very standard. If you're running a manufacturing company, you're like, wait, if we buy this piece of equipment, we can double our output and double our profits. And I'll have that, I'll have that paid back in less than a year with the new profits. Yeah. Any healthy business owner would buy that piece of machine in a second. Do you know what a great example of this is? Uh, there's um, I remember this guy's name. His name's Dustin, but he's a YouTuber, and he he did this, and I I was fascinated by this. Do you know those things that water crops, and they're they're connected to a central point and they rotate. Yep. You know, I'm 46. I had seen these things for my whole life. Grew up mm-hmm. in Indiana. I never knew how that worked. And this guy had a buddy who owned a farm. And he's like, well, I'm going to explain how these things work. And there's a lot of science and engineering into them. But his question was, hey, man, like these things will water your crops down to the foot in a very systematic way. What's the return on this thing? And the guy was like, three years. And he's like, oh, that's why. they Because it was like, you know, you go, yields would go from seven Mm -hmm. to 25 or something like that. Like, it's like uh, you could triple your output. So it's like. Would you borrow money for that if something could triple? So I think about those now, and I think, how did ever, how, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you buy one of those? That's right. Right. Yeah. And I think in the advisor world, and this is where I was when, you know, I didn't think I had enough money as a young advisor to hire my first staff member. Yeah. And, and thank goodness I had some input and, and enough awareness at the moment to realize, like, I don't think I can afford not to. Mm. Like the path for the next two years to keep grinding on my own while doing paperwork at night and answering calls and squ- booking my own meetings. To eventually get to the point where I'm going to make enough money over what I am now to then go hire somebody to then spend that money and be back to where mm-hmm. I am now. Yeah. What if I hired that person now and they got me 5x yeah. in the next two years? So not only am I paying them their money, but I'm actually better off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas most advisors, when we talk through hiring decisions with them, they're like, well, let's, let's wait until my income is whole. I make enough money to hire them. Right. So I just lose two years of my life one year of my life, whatever it is, and then I'm going to pay them, and I'm essentially back to where I am training somebody. How does that make sense at all? Yeah, and the, the, another way of saying it is you're going to run out of gas before you get to the thing that could refuel you. Like, it doesn't, like it just doesn't work that way. You know, yeah. you, you, you know, I mean, again, it kind of works. That's what a lot of advisors are doing. But the, well, most of those advisors don't def- say, I'm glad I did that way. I guess it's your definition of, like, it works as in, like, yeah, you're still alive, but, like, it's miserable. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think about, I was watching a movie the other day with my kids, and it was some, like, some competition. And one of the things they could do is they could ask for outside, outside help and someone like sends you help. Mm-hmm. And I think like, well, that came at a cost. Yeah, but you're not going to, you're going to be out of the game before you, before you get the help. And so again, it is saying I'm, I'm going to slow down so that I can speed up. Yep. Right. And, and yeah, it's going to, yeah, you're going to have to train this person. I was talking with someone this last week and they said, yeah, and it's just overwhelmed me because I've got all these clients that said yes to plans and I'm very overwhelmed right now. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, some people might say, that's a great, that's a great problem to have. Yeah, but it's still a problem. That's what yeah. I said to him. I said, man, I, first, I'm, congratulations a second. That is a real problem. Yeah. But it's to understand that you're going to have to, you know, onboard these people and it's going to go slow. But once you do that, you're going to be much, much better off. Yeah. So limited resources, I think th- the question you have to ask yourself is, 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 is your lack of investment really the reason for your limited resources? And I don't think, I mean, it's a lot of stuff that, that we coach advisors to isn't like, hey, go mortgage your house to spend a hundred grand on this thing. It's like $3,000 here, you know, a $5,000 investment there. Mm-hmm. With the stuff we teach, it's like, that's one client. Yeah. Like, like the, the payback on so many things that can make you better should be one client. 
But then after that, it's all icing. Mm -hmm. And so we have advisors that come to our How to Charge Live, and we have advisors that are like, oh, I'm already charging fees. Well, 1500 here, two grand there. I don't really have a process for it. It's like, that, that you're not even doing it. Like, let's just agree that, like, while you've done it, that's not the right way. Come to our event, and all of a sudden you leave, and within two months, you've 5X your investment. And the good news is you don't, we don't take back that knowledge <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Like, you get it forever. Yeah. And then you refine it, and we help you make it better. And all of a sudden now you have a six-figure revenue stream in your business that's feeding everything else. Like, that's the type of ROI we want to see is that you spend five grand and you make a hundred. Yeah. And so I would say if, if right now you're feeling limited resources, like just have really good discernment, like intentionally look for things that are going to make you five to 10 X better, not one X better because those things are out there. And I would also say find places that will guarantee that like find places that, and and what's funny is there aren't very many like coaching programs, things like that, but find people who are willing to say like, if you do this, this will work. And I think that one of the problems is people go towards and they just sort of go in halfway mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't doesn't work out for them, frankly, because they're not fully invested. One other thing I will touch on is that and this is something that we, we do talk about in our communities is that you are worth investing in. Like you might be down on yourself right now. You might think, man, things are kind of rough right now. Mm-hmm. Like the people who invest themselves are the ones who say, like, I'm worth investing in. And a lot of times people say, I'm going to invest in myself for my family, for my employees. Like I am bigger and better. I'm capable of bigger and better things and I'm not reaching that and I'm frustrated by that. And so I want to unlock that and so I'm going to submit to coaching. I'm going to go to that program, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I there, I think that people, sometimes people don't invest themselves because they just don't think that they're worth it, right? And I think you are. Yeah. yeah or I think there's other investments that that take the place of the best investment, which is you. Uh, if your business structurally or fundamentally looks the same as it did three years ago, but you're funding a 401k and putting money in 529s, like I, I would, if you were sitting here with me right now, I would have a whiteboard session with you yeah. quantifying the value of those dollars put into something yeah. versus you going and doubling your income for the rest of your life. Yeah, And I think that's sometimes where, where so many advisors and where I lived was kind of average land where I was really satisfied with just incremental growth or like, hey, I'm funding my 401k. I did it. And it's like the the amount of personal fulfillment I got the first time I f- started fully funding my Roth every year was off the charts. Like that was such a goal from a young age to be like, I have enough income to pay my bills plus fund my Roth and maybe even do my 401k. And now I look back at some of the decisions I made that have just eclipsed anything those accounts right. have done. And it's because like I went and learned how to charge for my time and ideas. And now the revenue that comes in my firm forever off right. of that has left my Roth and all my other tr- traditional investments in the dust. And we coach people to buy those things. They're helpful investments. I do those things now, but I also set those aside if the choice was me or them. Yeah. And so as you think about what you're doing, and my hope is, is that if right now you're feeling like, oh, I love what Stan and Andy are talking about. I think I'm good. You're not. That you can sit in that spot and say, okay, if I was sitting with Sten, how confident would I be positioning my growth path and business plan to him? Mm-hmm. Or is there part of me that's like, I think he would push on it and I would hesitate. Right. And the good news is if you truly, you could put yourself through that exercise and you're like, no, I think I'm good. Awesome. Yeah. We just know now from interacting with thousands of advisors, very few of them are actually there. Right. And so you may be living in a blind spot, you know, happily ignorant, just unaware. Yeah. And we want to bring some awareness and expose that. 
because your next decision will be that much better if you see yourself a little more clearly. Right. Listen, we 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 are very very interested in your success, um, but we do expect it to happen faster than the industry tells you it's supposed to happen or could happen, and that's our passion. Is we want to see people. You know, it's like, I don't know if you ever remember playing a game with someone, a video game, and they're like, they knew about this hack. And you're like, I didn't even know you could do that. Like, yeah. you could jump a whole level. Yeah. And you're like, thank you so much for that. Like, we want to be that. Now, it's still hard work. Yeah. But let's not do what most people are doing. Because most people in this industry aren't in this industry anymore. Or they're barely hanging on. Mm-hmm. Or they're just sort of in blah. And, like, we want you to love what you do. And, frankly, we want to help you reach your potential. That's what this is really about. Yeah. It's helping you reach your potential. Yeah, I think at times, like, what, if people ask us, like, what kind of coach are you? What is our culture of coaching? Is uh, We're not the coach that doesn't get paid anything. It's just a side job as a teacher, and so they don't really care, and they just show up and essentially just open the gym and don't care if you win or lose. Right. Uh, we're not the coach that you're never good enough, and we're going <laughs> to yell at you all the time. But we are in a place where it's like you are capable of so much more, and as much as you will take, we will lean in, and you will thank us for it later. Yeah. And and I think that's I never got to have, co- have a coach like that growing up, but I was like, man, imagine that because some of the best coaches were that. Yeah. They knew when to lean in. They knew when to say, hey, you got this. Stay in there. But what what the best of the best in everything from sports to business yeah. agree with is you need a coach. Yeah. You need someone to outsource your accountability to, because if not, we're all going to live in some blind spots. Even if we're trying not to, we have to open ourselves up to feedback. And a big part of that is like invest in yourself. You have to do that. Thanks. Thanks, brother.